morning. We're uh, holding on the Chaftal is on the base. Uh, yesterday we just finished the. Uh, yeah, we finished the sugya. Um, first of all, we closed up the sugya about about Erevo, about Kurlish over Erevo, Seirish over Erevo. Tefach Beisha Erevo, the whole sugya there. We closed that up yesterday, and um, although I don't actually have it here, there are there, there, there was a handout which is on the on the website together with yesterday's share. I do apologise at the moment this year about a little. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I'm, I'm doing the Gemara justice at the moment, but due to health uh, reasons and uh, and also the fact that a, the, the, the halacha at the moment is very very intricate. Uh, in all probability, the handouts are going to be probably a little delayed at some point. I hope to be able to make them up in the future. Um, we are we th- we then began the sugya yesterday about Rebbe. The Rebbe Chanina said that he saw Rebbe during his tefillah. He used to be megai kumafaik. He used to um, he used to felt to 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 burp or to stretch. Piek means to, we said, means to yawn. Uh, we also had Venisatej to, to uh, sneeze and Vorekin to split, spit during Tefillah. And then he also used to um, clean out his baguette of, of, uh, of life and um, but he wouldn't wrap himself in, 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 in a talus. According to Tosus, or Abin Khanana actually, the last two were one thing, that if his beggar was falling off, if his talus was falling off, he would adjust it. But once, <coughs> <coughs> but once it actually fell off, he wouldn't put it back on. So we then asked from, from, from a brighter, that we see all of them are a person shouldn't be doing. And we went through about one by one answering them. And we said, for example, when it comes to Kiyek or Piyek, the yawning, the stretching, the burping. So that depends if it's La'ones, if it's, it wasn't his fault, he couldn't control it. That was what Rebbe was doing, in which case it's not a problem. When the Bryce says he's Migate Ruach, he's considered to be proud, Gaiva. That's talking about somebody who does it willfully. We then answer the case of. We said the case where a person, the case with the Rebbe is where he was sneezing. To sneeze is one thing. Because when a person sneezes, as the Gemara says, just as they make him a nachas ruach, it strengthens his whole body, the Rabbi Niyano says. So to in Shamayim, it means his fiddle will, will, will be strengthened. Whereas the Misatish, which the Brisa talks about, which is, it, 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 it says Simon Raloi, it's talking about when he passes wind. We spoke about the Rashi, Rashi which says, Mephiach Bekal, he gives him Mephiach Bekal, Mephiach Bekal, maybe it's, therefore it's Perotzai. That was Miss Atish. And then finally we ended off with the rake, the spitting, and we said the case of Rebbe was talking about where he couldn't help it. He felt saliva in his mouth, and he didn't have anywhere else to put it, so he spat it on the ground. Because we said, or, or should I say, whereas the Brysa, which says it's like spitting at the king, that's in a case where a person could have done something about it. Because the, we, we, we said that if a person feels saliva in his mouth, what he should really do is 
Mavliya Batalisai, he should put it into his talis. If he's wearing a nice talis and therefore he doesn't want to put it into his talis, so he said Mavliya Batrok Susai. He should put it into his Afrok Susai. I said yesterday I mean his scarf. Actually more accurately it's it's more like the, the head it's the, the sheet. The sodom which goes around the, the head, which has got two um, sort of things coming down the side, hanging over his shoulders. A bit, a bit like a scarf down the side. And uh, we, we had this earlier with the, with the money and the tefillin. It's got like two compartments, if you want, on the side. Two pockets, on, one on either, either side of his, uh, of his face. And the idea was there, he put his money and his tefillin on either side. So here we're, we're saying he could put, he could, um, he could put it into his, uh, he should swallow up the spit into his afroxusai. I, I, I saw this morning that the Rabbi Leona says afroxusai. He doesn't really like that shot. He says rather afroxusai means his undergarment. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Probably more accurately, it's mucus. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, and, and then we finally ended, ended up with a story where Rav Ashi um, was, uh, uh, he felt mucus in his mouth, so he turned behind and he sat behind him, and behind him was standing Rav Inna. Rav Inna said to him, why did you do that? So, why, why didn't you swallow it up? Why didn't you put it into your, your afroxusa, into this, whatever this uh, garment is? He says, Ani, uh, uh, that's what we ended yesterday. The first middle-sized line. He says, I'm a little finicky. I don't feel comfortable putting it into my begodim, and therefore I put it onto the ground, and that's fine. Carries on the Gemara. First middle-sized line, Chaftalad Omen Zeis. Hamashmiyah Kodo B'Tfilote, somebody who makes his voice heard during Tfilah, in other words, he dubbins a little louder, we say he's from the people <coughs> he's from the people who lack emuno because he thinks that Hashem can't hear me if I, if I don't dumb it now. Said we're lacking emuno. We actually said as well yesterday we said if he actually like screamed then he's going to be a sheker. He's from the false prophets because that's what the Nivea Abal did. Which is even worse, obviously. But this is somebody who's Mekhtari Amono. Omar Afuna, Sedra Afuna. Leshonu ala shiyokha lechavei nesliba belachash. That's only for somebody who is quite capable of having Kavono if he dubbins quietly. So, so there's no necessity for him to dubbin aloud. And therefore for him to dubbin in a loud, audible voice shows the lack of Amono as if to say, Hashem needs me to summon in a loud voice. But if a person finds that his kavon is not quite the same, he finds he can dumb with more kavon if he dumbs aloud, then mutter, of course, it's allowed, it's completely permitted for a person to dumb a little louder. That's only when he's dumbing on his own. But amongst a tibur, also in a mitchat tiburah. He's going to come to disturb the tzibur. So in other words, it's like this. If he's davening the tzibur, then he's not allowed to daven so loud that he's going to disturb other people. He has no right to do that. Even if it's so that his kavana could be better, it doesn't, doesn't uh, justify. He has no right to daven aloud if he's going to disturb others. If, however, he's davening the echidus, or he's davening in a corner of the shul where he won't disturb others, then it depends. 
If he's davening aloud because that helps his kavanah, then hari zeh mishulach, then fine. But if not, if not, then we say that uh, if it's not doing anything for his kavanah, then he's mikitani amonah. It's a bit like we find with the, the, the Gemara says, anyone who answers yeish mei rabba b'chol keichai, says, kari lo gizadino shal shevim b'shana, what does it mean b'chol keichai? He screams yeish mei rabba? So, there are, it's a, there, there is a machlekes about it, but many learn, the Chol Kocha, many Rishonim learn, the Chol Kocha doesn't mean he screams it necessarily. The Chol Kocha means with all his kavana. So why do they say the Chol Kocha? They say it taka does mean to say it aloud. But the reason is because by saying it aloud, it's ma'ayar all the kavana. Same sort of idea. Very often to say things aloud, to sing them, or to, to say them louder, slowly, it's ma'ayar, it arouses the person's kavana. That is perfectly fine as long as it doesn't disturb others. But other than that, he's considered Mekhtani Amonah. Rabbi Abba, Havukhamish Tamit, Mineh Rabbi Huda. We're now four lines down the middle size line on Chaftalad Oven Face. Rabbi Abba, Havukhamish Tamit, Mineh Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Abba, he was a Talmud of Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Abba wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. As we're going to see, he knew that Rabbi Huda is Rebbe, wasn't particularly uh, for people going to Eretz Yisrael, as we'll see in a second why. So therefore, Rabbi Abba wanted to avoid his Rebbe. He was trying to escape from Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Because Rabbi Abba wanted to go up to Eretz Yisrael. What's the problem? Because he knew that Rabbi Yehuda says, Anyone who goes up from Bovel to Eretz Yisrael, over Ba'afei, transgresses amidst Asasei. Shemem, as it says, Bovel or Yuv'u, they will be brought to Bovel, Veshoma Yehu, and they shall be there, Ad Yom Pogti until the day that I literally visit them, I redeem them, Nol Hashem, so says Hashem. So Rabbi Yehuda understood that literally, that means to say, the Shomer Yehu, that a person is not allowed to leave Bovel to go to Eretz Yisrael until the day when our Kodesh Baruch will come to take them out. And therefore he yells, it's, a, it's a transgressing a mitzvah, so I say, obviously not a writer, but transgressing some sort of level of mitzvah, so I say, to go up to Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi Abba wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael, so obviously he wanted to avoid Rabbi Yehuda, so Rabbi Yehuda shouldn't ask him where he's going. Oh my, he said, but before I go, Ezel I'll go and hear something from him from the base Abad, the base Amedush, the Chabura. Just one last thing I want to hear from him. and then I'll go up. I'll go out. Azali went along. He found somebody, not literally a Tano, because Rabbi Huda did not live in the time of the Tanoim. I mean, somebody was expert in prices. He was teaching in front of Rabbi Huda. He was saying the following. If somebody's in the middle of davening, then it's Satish, and he passes wind, he should wait till the, uh, the wind goes. She says, presumably that the wind uh, leaves the area, 
the Chayzer or Mispalo. And then, he should continue doubling from where he's up to. Ikad to Omri. Others say, this is what he said. If he was in the middle of davening, he realized he was about to pass wind. Not that he did pass wind. He realized he was about to pass wind. He should go back for Amas, Umis Atesh, and pass wind. Wait for the Ruach to pass. The Chose Umis Palo, and then continue davening from wherever he is up to. In other words, go back to the place where he stopped and continue davening. But, the Omer in the middle says Tosfus. So Tosfus, Miyad Be'emsat Filoso. Before he continues davening, he should say the following. Rebbeinu Shalom. Yitzartanu Nekavim Nekavim. You created us with many orifices. Chalunim Chalunim. Many organs. Literally hollow organs. Goli V'yadu'a L'fonecha. It's revealed and well known before you. Cherpoteinu. Our disgrace, Uchnimotinu, and our humiliation, the Chayenu, during our lifetime, Uva Acharisinu, Rimavaseleo. And our end <coughs> will be food for the vermin. And then, Umaschel, the Mokim Shaposak, he begins from wherever he stopped in the middle of his davening. That was what the Tama, the person taught in front of Rabbi Yehuda. So, Omar Lein, that gives Omale is a little difficult because it sounds like he went to Rabbi Yehuda to say this. So some take out the word lay. Just say Omar. He said, he said to himself, Rabbi <coughs> Abba said to himself, If I would have only come just to hear this one thing, that would have been enough. It was well worth coming just to hear this one thing. Just two smaller orators. One is, why does it say that he should go back to Aladamus? Why not forward? It says in the middle of his tefillah, he feels the need to pass wind. So he should go back to Aladamus, pass the wind there, then say this tefillah eventually, and then go back and continue his davening. Why should he go back to Aladamus and not forward to Aladamus? So, <coughs> so you want to say because the idea is you're going away from the Shekhinah and then you're coming back to continue davening. Similar, but really, I think maybe the opposite, I'm not sure, of, of the Rabbeinu Yonah. So tell me what it's trying to work out. The Rabbeinu Yonah says, he says, because when you're davening, you obviously face, let's say, Mizrach. So you're not going to turn around here. So the option is to go forward. He says, if you go forward, it looks like you've finished your tefillah. Because you've gone, you've, put, you've sort of gone on from the place where you were davening. You've moved forward. If you go back, you're still facing the area where you, where you were davening. It's really probably the opposite of what you're saying. We, we take three steps back, yeah. 
It's, 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 it's more the chutzpah to go, to go uh, just to walk off. That's the why we take three steps back. That's the, that's that's what he says. He says if you walk forward, it looks like you finished your tefillah because it's all behind me. It's finished. Whereas by stepping back, you've still got it in eyesight. It's as if the haven't yet finished. The other question he asks is, this tefillah, Ribbon no Elamim, why did he say it here, not in the case we had, we had on Chafes, of the person who, uh, it says that, Mayim Shetz in Al-Birkov. In the middle of davening, he felt himself wetting himself. Why don't we say this? Why doesn't he in the middle of, we said he has to stop, wait for the water to stop, and then he continues davening. Why doesn't he say this, Ribbon no Elamim? Sorry? I say that the the being matched is not as uh not as much denied. Either 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 on the on the contrary we say Asha on that, not on a not on a passing wind. And to, and to wet himself is not? Is it? <laughs> any, any other suggestions? What would be the difference why in the case where he was wetting himself, Maim Shetz and Abirkov, we don't say he, he, he the same idea, he has to stop davening, then he waits for it to finish, and then he davens. Continues on. Whereas, in this case, we said once he stops and the, the, the sort of the waft has, has moved off, he says the special filler before he continues davening. Why? What's the difference? I don't think he's saying any shavings of Hashem here. That's, that's, that's what Keith wants to say, but I would have thought Mayim Shetzin is also a tremendous... I'd be more embarrassed uh, to be... To, uh, I think somebody's wet themselves, I think, would be more embarrassed. So, the... the uh, it's, it's not my question, the Rabbi Niyona asked this question, and he says... I'll just tell you first what he says. He says like this. He says that he says, to say this tefillah, a person can only say this tefillah when he is honest. When it wasn't his fault. He says, when it comes to passing wind, so it's not his fault. He couldn't control himself. So he can say this to Rabbeinu He says, in the case of Maim Shetz and Al-Birkov, it shows that obviously, before he started davening, he wasn't able to hold on he obviously should have gone to be excused before he started davening. So therefore, he's got the din of a Peshea. As far as we're concerned, he's negligent. And therefore, he's got no right to be able to say this to fill off this, this Rabbeinu Shalom. 
been amazing because despite the fact that the, the, the Arbeli Yonah learns his Poshayah there, and despite the fact that his Poshayah, we, we don't want to be Matriach in the middle of the Philip has to move the four others and change his clothes because he's in the middle of Dabli, but we don't want to be Matriach in. Yeah? Rabbi Yonah learns, he learns his Poshayah, and then he can't say this to Philip. He says, here he's honest. Yeah, but that, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I've been here alone talking about not somebody who just couldn't control himself. So, I'm not sure it's in a means somebody who obviously needed to be excused. We're talking about a, a normal guy here. No, we're, we're talking about somebody who clearly, obviously, he knows himself that he needed beforehand. Yeah, but what we're saying, otherwise, we're saying the Quintus, I mean, yeah, no, yes. That's what he says. The, the, the only thing I'll, t- I'll tell you, the only thing I did notice here is, according to the first Lashem in the Gemara, it said that if he was davening, then he satish, and then against his will, he passed wind. So he said he should just wait till the, till the waft goes, and then he continues davening. We don't say he says anything. Unless you say that Philip goes back on both of the shoulders. Yeah? Can you see what I mean? Yeah, we have, we have two Lashonas here in the Gemara. One Lashon is, he's in the middle of davening, and he passes wind. So he said, he should wait, and then, the Chosev is final. Then we have the next one, which is, he's in the middle of davening, and he's about to pass wind, so he goes back to Aladamas, passes the wind, waits for it to, waits for it to uh, pass, and then it says, Chosev is part of the That Ba'ayna, is that going on both the Shonas or just a second? <coughs> so, I mean, it, it, it probably is going on both. From, from Rashi, Rashi. Sorry? Oh, so he says, uh, right, so we'll, we'll come to that in one second. So, from, from Rashi, Rashi says, the reason why he's able to say it, Rashi says, if you look at Rashi, Ba'omer, it's about a third of the way up, Ba'omer. The Seichat Tefillah, he says in the middle of the Tefillah, you can say this, Ribbon Oilovin. Why? So, I'm second, Ba'omer, this command, because look, he's already stopped davening, because of the Ruach. Therefore, He's already had to stop for this. He may as well say the Rebbe no Yilomen. Yeah? So Rashi says that the Kudah is, once he's already been forced to stop, he's already been forced to interrupt his davening, he may as well say this Rebbe no Yilomen. According to that, logically it goes on both. 
In which case, Rabbi Yehuda has got a very good question. No? What's the difference between this and the case of Ma'im Shedz and Al-Birkov? In the case of Ma'im Shedz and Al-Birkov, he's also been forced to stop in the middle of davening. So why doesn't he say the Rebbe and it? So on to Rabbi Yehuda, because over there, we're talking about a case where he's considered to be Poshaya, and he's got no right to say the Rebbe and Ayilam it. Fine. But if we were to say that this only goes on the second Roshan. We still have to work out why only on the second Roshan. Could be, maybe we'll come to what you're saying in a second. But then, we can answer the question very simply. What's that? Oh, so what, what the Svar is, we'll, 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 we'll try and work out in a second. There's a clear difference. We're saying, if you say like that, which Jeffrey is saying is actually my colleague Kisachorinim, apparently they say, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. But there are Achorinim who say, this only goes on the second notion. Then what we have here is like this in the Gemara. If a person passed wind in the middle of davening, then he just waits, he stops, and then when the wind, when the waft goes away, he just continues davening. He doesn't say the Rebbe Noi so, so too in the case of Ma'im Shetz and Al-Birkov. Same thing. We're talking about in the middle of davening. Suddenly he finds himself wetting himself. It's the same thing. Although he's got to stop until, it's, until the water stops, he can't say the Ribbon Ailamin. The only case he says the Ribbon Ailamin is when he controls himself. It's only when he felt it coming, he went back to the and he's there, the Daladam is away from, from, from where he was davening. He, um, he passed the wind there. And he, uh, he passed the wind there. And then, uh, and, and then at that point, once he's ready, he stops, he can say the Ribbon Ailamin. So, in other words, the case of Ayim Shetz and Abirkov is more similar to the first Losha. So, the question of the Rabbi Yona will only stand if we say the Ribbon Ailamin goes on both. On both the Shonis and the Gemara. Because then you've got a question. If it goes on the first Loshen, why shouldn't it apply to the case of Ma'am Shetz and Abirkov? What's the difference? If you say it only goes on the second Loshen, then for whatever reason it doesn't go back on the first Loshen. For whatever reason we don't, we say you don't say the Rebbe and I love him. If just in the middle of Tzillah he passes wind, so too in the middle of Tzillah is Ma'am Shetz and Abirkov, he won't say the Rebbe and I love him. Now why does it not go back? What's the difference between the first and second Loshen? You could probably suggest various forests. You want to say, because here he's actually walked four Amas. The only thing is, the only danger is, that according to some Rishonim, there as well, he has to move four Amas. Some Rishonim, like the Rabbi Yonah himself, he would have to move four Amas in the case of Ma'am Shetz and Al-Birkov. Because of the, what's on the floor, he may have to move four Amas. So unless you're going to be between before and afterwards, but the truth is not all Rishonim necessarily hold like that. Again, that could be the Rabbi Yonah or Shetah. Not all Roshanim, the Rashbah doesn't agree with that. So you could say that's the board. So it's a question of whether he's already moving for Amas, that's already a much bigger headset. <coughs> um, another, another possible khilat could be
again, you'd have to work out the, the obvious chilek is, one is where it just sort of came, the other one is where it's more controlled. He sort of, he moved away from the Mokham Tefillah, so then he's got the right to say this, again, maybe this, similar to what the Rabbi Niyana said beforehand, it's not as, as uh, derisive, because it's not in the Mokham Tefillah itself, you could play around with Sforas, whatever Sforas you're going to say. I'm sure the Akharinim speak about what, what the Sforas is, I'm not going to take the time now to try and think up Sforas, but, yeah, that, that, but that Lechera would be a way of, another way of answering this. So again, just to sum up, we've had two Lechera in the Gemara. The first Lashen is that if a person is in the middle of davening and he passes wind, he stops, waits for the waft to go, and then he continues davening. Does he say the Rebbe Noilon in this thing here? From the Rashi, from the Rabbi Yonah, it would appear that logically he does. Second Lashen is, he feels it coming, so he walks Daladavis away, passes the wind there, waits for the waft to go, then sends the Rebbe on him, and goes back to, <coughs> to continue doubling from wherever he's up to. So as I said, according to Rabbi Niyona and Rashi, logically, in both those cases, he can say the Rebbe Noilomim. So after Rabbi Niyona, why not in the case of Maim Shed Tzadah Birukov, and answer Rabbi Niyona, because every day he's considered a Peshaya. So at least in that case, Rabbi Niyona is talking about, it's clear that he should have gone to be excused beforehand. Whereas, based, if you learn like the, apparently the Adar Chorinim, or definitely from the Mashmas of the Gemara, you could have learned that this Ribbon Oilamim is only in a case where he moved the Daladamas away before passing the wind, but not in a case where just in the middle of the city he passes wind, then he doesn't say the Ribbon Oilamim. So then we know why the Maim Shed Sinabirkov he doesn't say the Ribbon Oilamim. The only question we have to answer is why Taki doesn't say the Ribbon Oilamim. What's the difference whether he walked the Daladamas away before, or whether he just passed wind in the middle of the city? And there's various far as we could suggest. But uh, that would then answer the the, the mime sheds in our vehicles. Carries on the Gemara. Tanurabonon. Coming up to the wide lines now. On Chavtalazaman's base. Tanurabonon. Hayayoshim bitalisa. If you've got a person, a person was sleeping in his talis. A talis, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean the talis that we wear for davening. It means any sort of big garment. Se'ena yachad ha'itzi esreishai mepenei atzino. And he can't stick his head out of the talus because it's too cold. In other words, he wants to say Shema and he doesn't have any clothes on. In those days it seems they went to, they slept without clothes. So, he's sleeping just in a talus, just in a sheet. And obviously, the best thing to do would be to stick his head out. He can't see his Mokom Erva. But it's too cold, he doesn't want to stick his head out. So, what he should do is, imagine the sheet is completely over him, he should pull the talis round his neck like this. Pull it round, so now the talis forms a partition, forms a chatito between his head and the rest of his body. And some say, Some say that he has to form the partition, he has to pull the talis round his heart. What are they arguing about here? Well, we, we're going to see this as we go. There's a div 
there's a din that obviously a person can't see his mokham erva whilst he's done it. That's Tosha. But, there's another din which he actually passed like. Not only can he not see his mokham erva, also a nibba is erva. His heart is not allowed to see his erva. What does it mean his heart is not allowed to see his heart has eyes? That's obviously not what it means. What it means is, his heart cannot be without any divider between his heart and his erva. So for example, let's say a person, at night, he's wearing, let's say, just a, uh, just a, a robe. He's wearing a robe which is fastened up. That's all he's wearing. It's completely very sneers, no problem with it, all the way down to his feet. He now wants to make a bracha. Is he allowed to make a bracha? The answer is no. <coughs> because his eyes can't see the erva 100%. But the liboy is raya sa erva. What he has to do is take a belt and tie the belt. So it's a little, but not the same as the, uh, what's it called, the, yeah. the gartel. It's not because the liboy is raya it's the idea of dividing between the upper and the lower. It's not, it's not the same, but I'm just, the idea is so to here is to make a division between the heart and the Mokka Meribah. So you take a belt. Nowadays, this is obviously automatically by wearing trousers or anything for that matter, anything which goes around the waist, it's got a, obviously it's tight around the waist, that in itself acts as a, as a divider. So it's, it's like this. Oh. So therefore, that, that's what, and without wearing a belt, it's very simple, all you have to do is put it tight. Put it tight around the waist, same idea. Then you don't have the problem liberus or ever. Why the heart, by the way? Why not the lungs? Why the heart? The Rabbi the Yonah, his Loshan is, he says something to the effect that the heart is, the, as you, similar to what you're saying, is the main, sort of the powerhouse of the, if you ask the Hasidim, it's the brand of Yiddishkeit. Where's, where's his Loshan? He writes, See if I can find it here. It's true, it's, it's coming on something later on. It's, it's, it's something else, so forget that. Okay. Fine, so as you said, probably because the heart is fine, so you've got to have uh, a divider between the heart and the air. Fine. How would they say the brothers? I'm not sure. I'm just, I mean, the, 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 the cases we had on Khaftalud and where a person's lying in bed with somebody else and these sort of things, there's, there's, there's discussion there in some of the cases about whether a person would have to repeat the Kriyashma, fill or whatever it is, well, Kriyashma, when they have to repeat it. Some of the cases, uh, some of them, are, everyone agrees. I'm not sure. Whether these Denimah are they're right or not. So it says the Gemara, the Tanakama, according to the Tanakama, Hari Libba Rayasa Erba. Surely, his heart sees his Erba. Very nice, he sticks his head out, or he makes a, 
he's not sticking his head out, he's making a divider at his neck. What about the lathe? On to the Gemara. Kasava, guess what? The Tanakama holds. Liba Rayasa Erva Mutter. The Tanakama holds. It's Mutter for the heart to see the Erva. Omar Afuna, Sedra Afuna, Omar Abiyakhanon. If a person was walking in dirty um, so, um, alleyways, soiled alleyways, and he's in the middle of reading Kriyashma, so what he should do is put his hand over his mouth, the current Kriyashma, read Kriyashma. So, Rav Chista said to Rabbi Echonon, I swear to you, if Omrani Rabbi Echonon, sorry, he said to Rafuna, he said to Rafuna, Omrani Rav Chista, Rav Chista said to Rafuna, you quoted that Allah in the name of Rabbi Echonon, he said, so I swear to you, if Omrani Rabbi Echonon before me, even if Rabbi Echonon would have told me that with his own mouth, I wouldn't have listened to him. You could just put your hand over your mouth and continue davening. I wouldn't have believed him. Echonon to Omri, others say, Omar Abba Baba Achana, Omar Abba Yeshua Ben Levi. A change of who said what. Rabba Baba Achana said in the name of Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi. If a person was walking in dirty alleyways, he's in the middle of reading Kriya Shema, he should place his hand over his mouth. The Kriya Kriyashima and continue reading Kriya Shema. So Omar Le Rav Chista. So Rav Chista said to Rabba Baba Achana this time, I swear to you, this time it's Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. If he would have said it to me before me with his own mouth, let's say Asnole, I wouldn't have listened to him. So ask the Gemara. Does Rav Huna really say this? Rav Huna supposedly says in the name of Rabbi Yechonon that you could just place your hand over your mouth. But the Ha'amar Rav Huna, surely Rav Huna said, the Talmud Chacham also lo lamed min chenat sinoifes. A Talmud Chacham is not allowed to stand in a dirty place. Why? Lefishi efshe lo lamed b'li hero Torah. Because a Talmud Chacham, it's impossible for him to stop thinking in Torah. You're not allowed to think Torah in a place which is soiled, which has got uh, animal dung and all this. You can't think Torah there. So therefore, a Talmud Chacham is not allowed to is not allowed to go, uh, go in such a place. You know, it, it brings to mind one or two Gedolim. They say that, uh, I heard from Rabbi Israel Rosenbaum and Gateshead, he says when Rabbi Kotler used to, used to go to be excused, they used to hear him behind the cubicle, screaming, I, I don't know exactly what he was saying, but he was screaming. Because he was fighting with himself to stop himself thinking in Torah. He was sort of, I'm going to say screaming, he was sort of fighting to stop himself he said, I, I, I still remember Rabbi Jill said he said because he said that uh, the Rabbi Aram was like a, was like a concord. This is Rabbi Jill's famous uh, in, 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 imitable style. He said he was like a concord, like a concord. To stop flying, you need a lot of time. To stop, I mean, to stop the speed, you're flying so quickly. His mind thought so quickly in Torah. So when he went to be excused, it was it was so it was so difficult to him. It's explained in the Gemara, the Gemara says in the Gila, it, 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 it enumerates various things there. I said, Why did you merit longevity? And one of the, thing, one of the people there says, because I didn't think Torah in, in places where I'm not allowed to think Torah. 
So Rabbi said, Ooh, a lot of things there, you know, not talk to Talib Abbas below Torah, below Tefillin, that I can understand, these sort of things. But he says, what's the major thing in not thinking Torah in places where, I mean, Rabbi said, I can also do that. So he said, he quoted with, with, with Rabbi Kotler, he says, when you think about Rabbi Aaron Kotler, you'll realize how difficult it is to stop, to stop learning when a person goes into to the uh, base like Isaac. So he had to manage fights with himself to stop himself learning. This is what we're learning here. Tabak Chacham can't stop himself. They also cry, I'm not sure whether to say it, whether not to, because uh, they, say, they say with the Rogachov, the Rogachov, his, his mind was like a, more than a concord. They say that he said, that's what they say, he said he doesn't mind if he goes to Gehenna for thinking Torah and the Beis HaKesit. He says that's the worst thing he does, he doesn't mind getting Gehenna for that. So when he says this to the Chalcinesh, the Chalcinesh said something to the effect, he doesn't, he's not Makabal, because he says Gehenna is Gehenna. He says no such thing as sort of, there's Gehenna for a terrible Avera, and a Gehenna for a learning Torah, which is a, like a paradise sort of Gehenna. Sort of a, what, you know, what do they call it? Uh, the, you know, ex- executive box in Gehenna. There's, there's no different Gehenna. It's an Avera, if it's wrong, it's wrong. So therefore, it's very doubtful whether the Rav Chal actually said this, but the, the vote is very clear. And Tamil Chacham can't stop thinking in Torah. So how could Rav have said that if he's walking in the in the, the voice of the Tzimavit, he could just place his hand over his mouth? Answer the Gemara with this: will finish. Loikash is not a problem. Kam do emid, kam do To stand in a place in a in a dirty place, that you can't do. But to walk through a dirty place. That you can do. As Hashem will explain tomorrow why that is.